Random thought. There's three things more exciting than waiting for a package. They are watching paint dry, watching grass grow, and watching water boil. My name is Phil, and this is The Lip. Hello everyone, it's Phil. That silliness had literally absolutely nothing to do with the show content today. I just felt the need to say that, considering that maybe two, three weeks ago, I was waiting for a package to arrive that I had paid for same-day delivery, and unbeknownst to me, if you request same-day delivery for a package and order it on Friday, apparently same-day delivery means Monday. I would have thought it meant Saturday, but I don't know. I don't make the calendar or the schedule for deliveries. Who does? Not me. Wish it was, because if that were the case, you order something on Friday, it would then, in fact, show up sometime Saturday. Nevertheless, I'm here waiting to do an interesting show today about a couple of people that I met throughout this life and had a strange convergence with these people and then just as quickly as I met them and then reconnected with them the time we spent ended and I haven't seen them since it's an odd thing very odd overall the topic like I said it's just a strange thought process but these two guys, well, will not be naming in full name, anyway. Well, I met him at various times in life, and it was in school. And then we reconnected, strangely enough. At one point, both of those individuals and myself actually reconnected at the same place at the same time for a short period. And then when that period ended, well... That was the end. I only saw one of them again for a very brief period of time. And it was a weird situation that I often think back upon over the last couple of years. That person's popped in my mind. Knowing that the opportunity to reconnect even one more time had presented itself. But I sort of let that pass by. Don't know why I did. Maybe it's just what was meant to be, but the opportunity was there and I didn't take it to reconnect and have the friendship continue. It was just a weird opportunity and a weird time and everything about that whole situation with that particular guy was just, I don't know, it just timed funny. I wonder if any of you have had a situation like that where you just, you're, I think most people do, where there's a person that you've been involved with in a friend capacity, and for some reason, you just happen to be at different places in your life at the right time, and very abruptly, you just sort of part ways, and during that parting, you never actually even said goodbye or anything like that, you just sort of here today and then the next day over it's just strange how things work and I'm going to bring up like I said two such individuals who I've had that 
oddity, I would call it, happened. But uh, my first thing that I want to know is just in general from you, if you'd hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, has it ever happened to you? And if so, did you realize that it was happening at the time? I know for me, knowing the situation that caused me to leave their company, I assumed that there was a possibility for a reunite somewhere down the road, but it just never happened. And I don't know. You just never know. It's weird how that stuff happens. And you just sort of move on. And the thought just stays in the back of your mind, like the what if. Not trying to steal from Disney, but the what if. What if you reconnected? What if you were never had that weird parting of ways? Would you still be friends now? For me, it would have been over 20 years ago for both of these instances. And it always leaves that question. And it'll always be there in the back of my mind. Main event coming up soon. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Like I said previously, this is a strange subject. And so I'm going to dive right into it. Um, First guy. The beginning with him was definitely (sighs) very short. But then it expanded to a great deal of distance in between the time of our first meeting and our last meeting. And then it was just another short period of time between. But every time I was around him was pretty cool. Wish I had hung around a little bit more. Uh, This gentleman's name was John, and I'll leave it at that. I first came to know John when I was in first grade. We're talking... I was six, going on seven, and he moved from Jackson Township, and I'll never forget it because he came in sometime around October in that neighborhood. He was in my class in first grade, and we talked an awful lot and got to know each other. We're pretty decent friends for a short period of time. But just as quickly as he showed up in October, he told me that he had to move back to Jackson. And that was in late December, early January, sometime in that neighborhood. Now, as a first grader, you just sort of like, oh, well, okay, there he is, and there he goes. And don't even give it a second thought. I just assumed that that was it. I was never going to see John again. Now... Strange things about him that I remember right off the top of my head was um, distinctive, dirty blonde hair, the way he carried himself, very upright guy, even at first grade. He was distinctive amongst the other people who I knew. And another thing that I found really funny was where everybody else had talked to everybody about what's your favorite color, you know, how first graders do that stuff. And this always sort of stood out to me. And for some reason, it just embedded itself in my mind, and I sort of locked it away in the closet back there in my brain and just sort of left it. He said the most interesting color was his favorite color, and in fact, it wasn't a color at all. It was the absence of color, if you know anything about art. He said his favorite color was black. And I thought that was interesting, because 
I didn't know anybody who had black as their favorite color. Nobody at all. It's just sort of something that nobody really uh, said. There was lots of kids who loved red and blue and green and yellow and orange, but nobody ever said black. And I always kept that in the back of my head, like I said. Being armed with that bit of information made it real easy to identify him somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 years later in college, give or take. Let me see. I was about six or seven and I ran into him again in my first year of college, second semester, spring semester. So I was like 18. So yeah, it's about, it was more than that. It was not, not quite that many years. It was only about 10 years. But still, that's a considerable amount of time. Ten years of separation, never knowing what became of this kid after that, never really even giving it a second thought. Went all through high school, went literally all through school in general. You figure maybe a few months in first grade, and, and that was it. And then all the way through up into your first year of college and your second semester, and all of a sudden you run into a guy who just so happens to have a very distinctive dirty blonde hair, has a unique thought process carries himself in a very familiar way that you remember from years past and then he said something that just for some reason sparked a conversation in my mind which made me realize that this is the same person his favorite color was black in fact he wore all black at one point and his explanation for why he wore all black actually made me switch to all black after a while because it made all the sense in the world. What his philosophy and theory for why he wore all black was the one I chose to adopt. He said, I want to be able to go into my closet and just pick out something and not have to even question it for a second. Think about it. If you're wearing all black, everything's the same color. There is no, oh, I need to match this, I need to match that, I need to get that and this and that. No, 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 it's all black. It's over. Done. Life made simple. I liked it, and I use that philosophy myself. In fact, when talking to him, I realized he had a strong interest in cars, and at that time, I was getting an interest in cars. And in fact, of all the cars that I was beginning to be interested in specifically, made matters even funnier, I was becoming a Monte Carlo enthusiast at the time. And it was real interesting because I had known two or three other people prior that had had Monte Carlos. And the one thing that I could assess from the conversations I had with those people who had the Monte Carlos was that there are only two kinds of people who have Monte Carlos. And those are the ones who have them presently and the ones who wish they never got rid of them. And all the ones who I spoke to, the two that I knew from school, had got rid of them and they really missed them. And then the one person who I knew at work, who had his presently, and wasn't going to give it up for anything in the world. Back to my friend John. Turns out that he had this incredible 1976 red Monte Carlo. It's amazing. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. He was able to find and procure a Corvette engine and stuff it inside. 
made that thing intensely fast. It was beautiful. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Now, already being a Monte Carlo enthusiast myself, I was kind of looking for one. And to make a long story short, it would be a few years later before I finally found one of my own. And then I became a part of the statistics of the people who had them. And I loved it to death. And then a couple years later, I became one of the people who wish they never got rid of them. Go figure. That's the way life goes. Back to John again. We connected right away. We hung out at school in between classes. In fact, we had a couple classes together. And then at the end of each class, we would end up going to the library in the middle of the day. We'd talk for a little while before we ended up going our separate ways. At that time, me to track practice and then to work. For him, he went straight to work. And then he would come home and do what he had to do. He went to go and um, did what he had to do. Now... During that whole semester, we started talking about cars, and we did a lot of things like that. And it was interesting that it was, again, another very short burn. You figure the semester started in January, and specifically, it was January of 97. And the semester ended in May 97, and we were pretty much joint at the hip for that time period. Now... What made things very interesting was we also did the very same in the spring of 97. We hung out a lot in between classes. We didn't have a class together, but we found each other again, and we connected, and we hung out in between classes. It was a nice little give and take between the two of us. It was fun. It really was. Okay, before I get too far off track, I'm going to bring it back just a little bit. How do I know that this John that I was speaking to in college was the same John that I spoke to in first grade? He gave me a quick but not detailed description of his travels for a little while. He told me he was in Barnegat for a very, very short time, which is exactly what it would have been, and it made sense. And then he said he originally came from Jackson before he went to Barnegat. Then he went back to Jackson, and then he settled, his family settled down in Brick, where he lived when I met him, once again in college. So that was a quick timeline that he gave me. I didn't ask him for years or dates or none of that stuff, or signed copies of his addresses. No, none of that. Just quick reference points here and there that he had mentioned, and none of them all at the same time, which made it more interesting. Because we were more, I guess you could say, more concerned about the now than what happened before. We weren't even thinking about all the old stuff. We just were trying to see what kind of friendship we could get currently. And it was a good friendship. It really was. And now to make this story twist in a very strange way, because my friend John wasn't the only person who I had a a disappear, reappear relationship with as far as friendship goes, because an intertwining between John and another gentleman that I'm about to mention right now, who, I hate to admit it, was probably, without me really giving it the true credit that it deserves, was most likely my best friend in my junior and senior years of high school, 
And I can honestly say, looking back now, I didn't give that friendship the just do or respect that it deserved. And I'm going to try to do my best right here, right now. And that guy's name was Adam. And I met him, as I said, in my junior year of high school. And I believe I may have made mention that I didn't play football or really or even wrestle for any extended period of time in my junior year because I was trying to make sure that my knee was healed up for track season. And it just so happens that Adam moved from the Tom's River area and he went to high school east, Tom's River East, when he transferred to Southern. And he got there sometime in early November, just before wrestling season started. And we kind of came across each other because in my question of whether or not I was going to actually wrestle that year before I made the decision not to, he had chosen to try to wrestle a little bit himself. And so we were both kind of there. And it also worked its way out that we were in the same English class that year. And I believe, was it any other class we were in? No, I think it was just the English class. And then it was also, we had the same lunch period the end of the day which is was I enjoyed that I love having lunch at the end of the day but the two of us we became friends real quick uh had a lot of the very same interests obviously football and just so happens pro wrestling as well he was more a WCW guy and I was more WWE guy but we both had interest in the other as well so we were able to communicate in both directions we weren't like some people at that time were all about WCW, and then there was people who were all about WWE, at the time, WWF. We were pretty balanced, but not totally evenly balanced. Like, he was probably 60-40 WCW, and I was probably 65-35 WWE. So I knew what was going on in WCW just as much as he knew what was going on in WWE, but... We focused more on the other. Now, track season came along, and he was always right by my side. And I say that as in early on, maybe the first week or so, it was a bit of an annoyance. But then it turned into almost like the perfect assistant. Adam had this crazy way of putting me in positions to look better than I actually was at everything. Like, he he just did that. Like, that was his gift. If there was one he had, that would be it. His gift was to make Phil look better than Phil should look or did look. He somehow managed to position me for two years junior and senior year, in both track and everything else I did to look so much bigger than I was. I mentioned to people from time to time that in the ultimate high school popularity contest, um, the homecoming king, I did better than you would expect. I made it to the semifinal round of that. I didn't win the homecoming king, but I, I did really well. You figure my school had 
a total of, or I should say my class had over 400 kids in it. So you figure about half of them would be guys. So out of 200 guys, I made it into the top 15 or 20 in the homecoming contest. That ain't bad. I'm, it's not bad at all. <laughs> and truth be known, if I had to get, if I could have gotten some votes from, um, from some of the younger, the underclassmen, a little bit more of them, I might have actually been able to pull it off because I knew a lot of people who were in the classes, two classes below me, more so even than the ones that were in the class that I was in. But that's neither here nor there. Um, for that contest in particular, Adam had pushed me to say, yeah, you definitely need to make sure you put yourself in the running for that because there's enough people who probably vote you to do really well. I wouldn't have thought of it if he didn't actually push me in that direction. Also, there was plenty of times when I was not really thinking about what was going on as far as my track was going. And he told me, you know, you've scored in shot put and discus for the last six straight meets. You've scored in both of them. In other words, I placed. Quick rundown. Um, in New Jersey, the at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but there was five members of each school would have a shot putter, a discus thrower, and you would have five members for each school in a dual meet so that each team would rep, would be represented by a minimum, a maximum of five guys or girls. I was on a guys team, obviously. And of those 10 people, they would compete for first, second, and third in order to get points for the meet as a whole in order to combine to see who would win the meet for your school. Now, third place got one point, second place got three points, and first place got five. And I was scoring points left and right, back and forth for six straight weeks, just beating people left and right, getting some seconds, getting some thirds here and there, putting points on the board. And I didn't realize just how many points I had amassed until he told me. And then I started really paying attention to it. Again, he was my number one guy and essentially my hype man. <laughs> he kept me going. Same thing happened in my senior year. He did the very same thing. And quick story about that was in my senior year, he positioned me to look like someone who should be elected into the Hall of Fame of Southern Regional. Probably one of the most popular guys in the entire school. Because unbeknownst to me, to me he had seen some people taking pictures because I wasn't paying attention because my mind was just focused on other stuff. But he noticed it. And he quickly tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, photo opportunity. Let's go take it. And I just sort of like, well, yeah, whatever. I stood there. I took the picture. I didn't think any more of it. And that was during winter track of my senior year. So that was in 95, sometime around December. Fast forward. Um... One of my younger male cousins who was still in school at the time, he's five years younger than I am, he was doing track, and he told me, hey, you got to come to one of my practices one day because you got to see this picture. What, what picture? I asked him. Well, you get him to see it. Come check, come check it out. When you come down, you'll see it. 
And I went there and there was that picture that we took sitting at the entranceway of my high school in front of the gym, just in front of the wall that had the Hall of Famers listed. It was big as day. There was no other pictures there, but it was me and Adam. And I think, was there anybody else in that picture? I don't think there was. I can't even remember. But that picture was, I'm going to say it had to be, I'm not even going to call it in, 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 in inches. I'm going to call it in feet. The thing must have been three or four feet high and at least two, maybe two and a half feet wide. It's a huge picture that they took. And they blew it up real big and they put it right there. I haven't been to my high school in a long time, but I know that when I went there with my cousin, it was there and it was prominent and I couldn't believe it. And it threw me for such a loop to think that, hey, if Adam didn't tell me, hey, go take that picture, I wouldn't have been so prominently displayed for what was years at my school. And quick story about that on top of this, my cousin overheard one of the gym teachers who had never met me in a conversation with another student that was in the school at the gym at the time. And he looked at the picture and he saw me and my varsity jacket and my and Adam and I think whoever else was in the picture. And the student said, who are those guys? He goes, and only thing that that teacher said was they were good. They were good. And I was like, wow, never met me. Knew I had this giant picture there. He, and he just said he was good. And at the end of the day, when it came to my high school career, that's the only thing I ever wanted anybody to actually say. And it was said. And it wasn't for Adam. I would not have been in that position. Now, we're going to go away from high school. And we're going to pick back up with John. Now we're talking about 98. I hadn't seen Adam since we graduated in 96. So it had been two years between that time. And I hadn't forgotten him, but he was, in, he was in the back of my mind, but it was one of those deals where he wasn't in the forefront. Turns out he ends up going to the same college as I did, which was OCC, Ocean County College, where I was with John as well. And it turns out that we ran into each other. We reconnected. We started talking, introduced him to John. And now I have Adam, who I had been in contact with in my junior year and senior year and had lost contact with. And John, who was in first grade, who I lost contact with, who I reunited with, and we're all in the same place at the same time. To me, that was pretty cool. Got to know each other. A nice little group. We would all meet after our classes and just hang out in the library, which is the strangest thing you'd think these people would be in the library. If you could have seen it, I mean, that would have been a picture to take. Had we had a cell phone and did that crazy thing, I would have liked to have seen that picture. Because now you're talking about these big dudes just sitting in the library just talking quietly amongst each other. It must have been a sight to behold. Like, if there was a picture, if there was a caption under that picture, if you could have taken it, the caption would have been like, yeah, you don't want to mess with these guys. That's what it would have said. <laughs> but anyway, now, here comes my final stage with John. And it was kind of sad at the same time because 
now Adam and I and John, we, we connected and we were talking a bunch. And track season had ended in 97, and there wasn't one in 98 because the team had, had um, the school Ocean County College had at the time, they, um, they stopped the track program for lack of participation. So I was looking to move on, and I was looking to go to Mercer so I could end my track career there. Mercer County College. I figured I had just enough left in the tank to do one more year and maybe pick up that championship and then I could ride off into the sunset. Story for another day, but it never happened. But that's where my mindset was. Plus, it had the funeral services program that I originally wanted to go to. So, here we are at the end of 98, getting ready to go and I said my farewells to John from the end of the semester. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to be moving on here and there. And that was really it. And I had to come back and get my transcript. And Adam, the same thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be going. And it's like, maybe you'll come back. Maybe I'll come back and stop by and see you every once in a while. Because I know you're still going to be here for a little bit. And I came back sometime over that summer to get my transcript to um, bring it with me to Mercer. And I parked right next to John's truck at the time. Because he was there. And I think I was going to the mall with my mother afterwards. I think it might have been going to take her out to, to lunch or something like that afterwards. Because she was in the car. And I said, yeah, this is my friend John's truck here. And maybe I'll catch him on the way back. I went, did what I had to do, came back out. His truck was gone. And my mom said, yeah, a guy in black came up, jumped in the truck, and drove off. So I figure I was probably 10 minutes away from seeing him that last time. But that was the last chance I had to see him, and that was it. And that was in 98. And I hadn't seen him since. And not to say that you can never say never, but the likelihood is probably lesser than it is that we will, that we won't, that we won't, that we will, rather. And on that same note, I hadn't seen Adam either. And I just sort of lost track of him completely. Like, he just sort of fell off the earth, or dare I say, I just sort of fell off the earth. And this is also in 98. And then... I... It, I have no explanation for why I never came across him again. Be, well, partially because I was doing my thing out there in Mercer County and he was still in Ocean County. Until, and this is where the story gets interesting, or I should say, holds me in suspense. Until 90, until, no, not 90, until 2007. I was as they say, at that crossroads, making a decision um, of whether or not to to move to Philadelphia more permanently. Permanently. And I did what I like to do a lot of times is it was at night and I went to Seaside and I went over to Three Brothers Pizza as my destination was. And at the time, it was... I guess it was February or March... I know it was pretty cold, so it was one of those two. And 
the boardwalk was dark. Not too many cars, just a few people going to the pizza places, not very many. Because they were still open, and just for the record, they're open 24. They're always open all year long. And so I made my way to Three Brothers. And as I'm walking, I heard something behind me. Sounds almost like a creepy story, but it's it's interesting. And I just kept going, got the three brothers. I sat down, I ordered my pizza. I'll never forget it, I ordered three slices of plain. And I sat down. And now, after I sat down, it might have been, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds later, I see Adam. 100% know it's him. Walking right in front of the opening of the store. I see him. He looks up at me. I look up at him. I, I, I don't know if he recognized me. He might have. He might not have. I don't know. I can't say he did or didn't. But 100%, I recognized him. And we sort of locked eyes for a second, so I think he did recognize me. And then he kept going. He went past. Now, it was only a few minutes after I had eaten that I got up in my mind. I was like, man, I need to see if I can find him. Because I think that was him. And I got up. I looked down to my left, down the rest of the way of the boardwalk where it was real dark. And I didn't see anybody, anybody at all, nobody. There was nobody there. I went and walked a little ways, and I mean a little ways, I didn't go far. Now, consider that I was still eating, so I had been maybe five minutes and Anybody who knows anything about just walking in general, a human being can walk about a mile in seven minutes at normal pace. So, given the time that I had let him, that I had let expire, he could have been three quarters away down the boardwalk, halfway down the boardwalk, going somewhere else. Could have turned off anywhere. And I looked to see if I could find him. Because some part of me wanted to reconnect one more time. But this time, knowing that my end game was to go to, to move to Philadelphia, but at the very least I could have had his number and I could have hooked up with him from time to time whenever I came down to New Jersey. But I saw nothing. Nothing at all. Just the darkness of the boardwalk. And to make matters even more interesting, that night was a little foggy. <laughs> Made it a little creepier. But at the same time, it is what it was, man. It was just dark and a little foggy and no Adam and, in fact, nobody else. Because made matters stranger, when I went to the pizza place Three Brothers, I was the only person in Three Brothers at the time. And so, literally, when I saw him go across, there was the person at the restaurant who took my order. There was me, and then there was Adam. And when he walked by to go to wherever he went, he kept going. And I never saw him again. 
And the thing that makes that so fascinating to me is it could have gone so many different ways. Like, I could have waved him in and said, hey, come on in. Let's have a slice of pizza together. Catch up on old times. I could have easily done that. So it's no fault of his for continuing to walk by because I never reached out to him. And that's where I'm trying to do him justice right here, right now. Because certainly, as easily as he could have made that left and conned in and sat right down next to me, and I would have had no problems with it, I didn't make any efforts to say, hey, come on in here, Adam. I haven't seen you in a long time. Let's sit down. Let's talk for a little while. I have some plans going on, but I got some time. I got, man, I am on my way to Philadelphia, and I ain't got to be there. At the time when I left, I had easily didn't have to be there at all, first of all. Second of all, I didn't have to be there until a couple hours. Like I had a lot of time. Like I could have easily gotten there, gotten in touch with at the time my girlfriend now wife Courtney and there wouldn't have been any difference if I had taken 10 15 20 minutes even a half an hour to have talked to him reconnected got his number it could have worked just that way but it just didn't play out that way and I always think about that it just never played out that way And I wonder, to this day, as I'm recording this podcast, what's going on with him? I mean, I've combed Facebook and Twitter and all kinds of places to see if I can catch him on social media. But you know how that works. Sometimes people just don't do it. And at the time, it was, um, I guess it was was 2007. Yeah, 2007 at the time. So... It wasn't quite as big as it is now. It seemed like every year these social media things double, triple, quadruple. In fact, podcasts didn't exist pretty much back then. So I still check every once in a while, just in case, just in case. You never know. I don't think I'm going to give up on that pursuit, I don't think. Because if there was somebody I'd like to reconnect with, it would be him to reconnect with him again one more time, but this time make it more formal and more permanent. But that's the end for now. I'm going to shut this one down and I'm going to ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Main event over. Okay, it's time for the spear of the week. This week's spear belongs to this idiot who decided to park on the shoulder and then complain when somebody was trying to make a right on the intersection. Just so happens that the person who was trying to make the right on the intersection was me, and this idiot was deciding that he thought it was a good idea to to beep and say, hey, come on, why, why are you not letting me out? Easy, because I'm in the street, I'm making a turn. You're still parked, and you don't have your signal light on. So why am I going to let you out? Answer, I'm not. What I'm going to do is set you up on a table in the corner somewhere and then spear you right through the table because your ignorance to the fact that you don't have the right of way needs to be changed 
and changed quickly. Person who was parked on the side of the road who wanted to who didn't want me to make that right turn at an intersection is the recipient of the spear of the week. Okay. It's been fun. Going to put this one to bed. Tuck it in real nice. I hope that you were entertained by this as much as I was. Um, as far as John and Adam are concerned, if I happened to run into them one day, I would definitely enjoy seeing them. And I would appreciate everything that we had already experienced. And I would definitely tell them about those little things that we that I had been thinking all that time. And I think that it would be one of the most interesting reunions I could ever have. Now, as far as all of you go out there, if you have any stories such as that, where you just sort of just lost touch with somebody, ran back into them, lost touch with them again, I'd like to know about it. You know where to find me at Instagram, philiphenderson5102, or Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. At Pissed Phil. Phil has two L's. And of course, I'm always looking for more people to join the group. The Lip Facebook group. It's out there as well. Now, I can't give any wisdom to the guy who wouldn't, or I should say, who didn't want me to make the perfectly legal turn while they were sitting on the shoulder of the road trying to get through. Because I can only imagine that that person would have some words for me. And those words would certainly not make any sense because I can imagine that that person's intelligence level is probably a little lower than normal. So, I could imagine that person looking me in the eye and saying, hey, you should realize that it's better to get hit by a tractor trailer full of pillows than it would be a smart car full of anvils. That's probably where their head's at. And on that note, I think I've taken up plenty of time for you on this particular day. And I'm going to take my leave so that you don't get too tired of me. Till next time, my name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip.